0: He's had a special this morning. You did good, Denise. Thank you for sharing your talent with us. Matter of fact, uh, some, because we live in a civilized society, have said that they want to take the blood out of the Bible. I heard that there was a translation of the Bible that was made where somebody took all the blood out of the Bible without the blood. There's no remission of sins, the book of Hebrews says. Uh, Before we get to the message, which is telling people about Jesus, there was an old quote that was used in one of the messages that goes right hand in hand with not only our subject matter, but with the special that Miss Denise shared with us. You know, a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. To be excited about Jesus, to want to share Jesus with others tell people about him Somebody said you have to be full of Jesus so full of Jesus That if one of these promised land mosquitoes were to bite you It would fly away singing. There's power in the blood Now that that'd be awesome that mosquito go away doing that But that would mean that you'd have to be full of the Lord Now I know what you're thinking because I know y'all, and I'm one of you. You know, a lot of times we say, well, there's people full of Jesus, and there's people full of something else. And uh, we say that about people, but the world is full of sin. We don't want to talk about, you can't remove the blood. Because people are full of sin, people are full of problems, people are full of heartache, people are full of mistakes. And we all have it, we can't help it. Sin in us, problems, we're going to mess up, we're going to let each other down. That's why we need the blood of Jesus. Because the blood is where, forgive. the blood represents life. And because there had to be a price paid, there had to be a life given. And all those animals, the Bible says this, it says this in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, that the blood of bulls and goats never saved anybody. But it pointed to the one who would and did. When they were doing all that, it was he was going to Jesus. They didn't know his name. A, Messiah, a messiah's coming. A savior's coming. Emmanuel is an Old Testament word that was using, but they did not know who he was. They didn't know his name. They didn't understand the process, the how. But folks, Jesus shed his blood for you, and it's something. Worth sharing. Is something worth telling. Especially if you've been saved. You know what you've experienced. Can we. Tell other people about Jesus. Let's stand for the reading of God's holy word. In John. Chapter one. We'll just read. uh, One passage. To begin verse 29 the next day John that's called John the Baptist he saw Jesus coming unto him and said behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world let's pray father thank you for having a Savior And Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood so that we could have a home in heaven and eternity with you because you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, I hope that mosquito doesn't bite us today. I don't want to. We've got enough wet weather and uh, it's that time of the year. I have enjoyed uh, the only positive that has come out of all this cold weather this year that there's been no mosquitoes to bother us, okay? But they're coming. They, they do. They live here. And, uh, I love the quote. I want, I want to tell people about Jesus. Our, <clears throat> they handed out, there was about 2,800 teenagers and adults at AYC. They handed out a bunch of, uh, tracks. And they, they were all the same. Four facts you need to know. And uh, those four facts that we're all sinners, and uh, God loves us, God sent His Son to die for us, and that you can go to heaven if you accept Him as your Savior. You have to know those four facts. Those are things worth bragging about. That's telling people about Jesus. We, they sent us out to lunch. Not everybody uh, went to the same place, but they were uh, we' scattered out for lunch yesterday. Everybody took those tracks, and people were giving them out. We were approaching this one fellow on the sidewalk. I had mine. Some of them grabbed two or three. And all of our guys and girls, they were passing them to different ones that they saw. And uh, we were all headed, about 300 of us were on this one section of sidewalk. We were headed for this guy. He said, what in the world is going on? Uh, We were in a hurry. So I said, Jesus loves you, boom, and I handed him the track. That's all you had to do. And so in doing that, just trying to get people, some of them, and it's a good thing. Uh, a lot of times people say, well, this is littering, and I hate
1: for people to do it to me. But people leave tracks, leaving tracks around for people to leave. I've seen them in hospital waiting rooms. And, but really, that's impersonal. If you really want to do, nothing, again, nothing wrong with leaving a track somewhere. For some people to read, because the Word of God is powerful. But the, the better way to do it is personal contact. First
0: To see somebody. To actually speak with them. You, and you know, and it's good to invite people to church. And by the way, don't forget, next Sunday is bring a friend to Sunday school. Not to church. So all of you who just came for preaching today, I'm bragging on you. Thank you for being here on this uh, cloudy, rainy day. But I'd love to have you for Sunday school and invite somebody, invite two or three or four, and uh, encourage them this week to try a class. We've got, I think, six adult classes, a bunch of other classes. Bring a friend to really encourage them, work on them. Don't just leave it with one shot. If you have to, uh, go over there. I'll never forget whenever I, uh, one time I was teaching. When I first moved here, I was teaching the teenagers. And uh, William Hughes was in my class. And I called, and that time, Melissa hadn't married Randall. And I called Melissa up, I don't think, I'm trying to think of the timing sequence. But anyway, and uh, William would always show up with ten minutes left in class. I said, you've got to get up earlier. Come on, you can make it.
1: Or he just wouldn't come to Sunday school at all. I called his mom up and said, would you mind if I come to William up for Sunday school? She said, she said, come on, Brother Mark." And uh, so I did. He, and I opened the door. He's still in bed. And uh, so it's not very often you have the preacher come jump in the middle of it. That's exactly what I did. I started jumping up and down on his bed. And, like, uh, it's
2: time to go to Sunday school.
1: And uh, so, hey, no holes bar Next Sunday, you know your friend,
0: go get him. Go get them. Bring them. That's why it's called bring a friend to Sunday school. If you got to go jump on their bed, just just uh, let them get up. All right, you should walk out when they start getting up, and uh, bring them on to Sunday school. G. Who is Jesus? Well, first of all, the title said telling people about Jesus. It's in the bulletin. It was on the slide earlier. I appreciate. I didn't put together any slides. Uh, uh, Brother Kenneth did all that, but who is Jesus? Who's this guy that we need to brag on? Two scriptures then we'll spend the rest of our time in John one. 1 Peter chapter two and verse twenty four. and then just one page over in my Bible, First Peter two twenty four says this, who his own self bear our sins in his own body, on the tree? That we being dead to sin, or sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Right across the page, 3.18, if you're still in First Peter, 3.18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just, who's the just? Jesus. For the unjust, who's that? Me and you. I don't deserve, I mean, think about it. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve to go there. And, you know, he's, he's, right now, he's our friend. He's our savior. He loves you. He died for you. He risked and re- literally laid down his life, not risked his life. He laid down his life for me and for you. I'm reminded of the story. Back in the cowboy days, there was a uh, young boy jumped on a stagecoach, thought he was something, jumped on that, and then all of a sudden he realized he wasn't ready for the stagecoach, and it was a runaway stagecoach. And this young man saw what was happening. The reins were yanked out of his hands. He took off on his horse, caught up with him, Jumped on there Just like the old westerns And pulled the stagecoach to a halt Unfortunately Years later that young man Who jumped on the stagecoach Became an outlaw He was caught for his crimes And brought before the judge He looked up Kind of excitingly And realized that the judge Was the same Fellow who rescued him When he was younger He thought, well, maybe that'll count for something. And he said, hey, do you remember me? And of course, the judge said, yeah, I sure do. He said, well, is there any way I can get out of this? He said, well, that doesn't affect this. You see, that day, I was your Savior. But today, I'm your judge. And you will be held accountable for the crimes you've committed. You see, Jesus, right now in this room, is our Savior. And He's offering you a way out, a way to escape eternity in hell. Hell is real. We love to preach about heaven and talk about it. Nobody likes to talk about that there's a hell. We love to describe heaven streets of gold and pearly gates and all the foundations and the jewels and the different things that the bible describes as made up of that new city really we talk about all those things that's in the new city jerusalem but nobody likes to describe hell but folks if if jesus is not your savior he will be your judge The Bible says, God hath committed all judgment unto the Son. We say God will be on the throne, but Jesus will actually do the carrying out. Don't let that be you. Go back to our text in John chapter 1. And who is Jesus? John had heard of Jesus and John had a unique opportunity. In John 1 verse 6. We'll read 6 through 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John the Baptist. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. That's Jesus. John, it says he, but John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Do will you join me in telling people about Jesus? Be a witness. Tell people. You say, "Oh, well, I don't know the answers. I can't defend my faith." Some of you have went and seen the, to see the movie. Um, uh, God's not dead. Thank you. Woo, it left. All right. God's not dead. And you know, somebody stood up for the Lord. And so, so many of us, we, we are afraid to speak up, but sometimes we have the opportunity to speak up. And that's what John's job was to bear witness of that life. John declared in verse 34 of our text, I saw and bear record That this is the Son of God. He had never met Him before. He was baptizing people. Why was He baptizing people? Because God told Him to baptize people. He said, I'm baptizing you with water. But there's one that's going to come and baptize. That means immerse. Immerse you with the Holy Spirit. And that means to immerse, to cover you. And the Bible says when you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit, come, it literally baptizes you, immerses you, covers you. And the Bible says you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're protected by the Holy Spirit. And you're guided by the Holy Spirit. And if you sin, you're convicted by the Holy Spirit. So, God's Spirit. Is a part of you. So in looking at this. We know who Jesus is. Well what do we do? Look at verse 37. What do we here at promised land do? Can I find. Let me ask you this. Are there any men here. Who would be brave enough. To say you've tried to put together something without reading the instructions. Anybody? Okay. Okay, now here. Someone raising their, raising their wife's hands. And, uh, is there anybody who, who, uh, you, you failed and you had to go back and read the instructions? Would you admit that? Okay, alright. I will. I'll never forget. I was, uh, trying to put, Taylor's first we had our first crib bought the crib and man this thing is a jigsaw puzzle and I put it and then finally I finally go to the instructions after the step three okay and so I finally go the instructions I put it together and I brought Karen in the room and I said I am so proud of myself look at this it's great and then she said Michael this is the living room You see where I'm headed? It, it won't go through the door. You're going to have to take it back apart to get and I, oh man, I hate it whenever I do that. I didn't follow the instructions. She loved it. Yeah, she loved it. And, uh, but I did. And you know I'm so proud of that. But folks, if we want to tell people about Jesus, I've got an instruction book. I've got an example. I've got something for us to look at. And the author that wrote it's about him. Look at verse 37. Everybody follows somebody. The two disciples heard him speak. And they followed Jesus. So two of John's disciples, they're following and they... And they heard John say, hey, behold, the Lamb of God forsaken the way, the sin of the world. This is the fellow I'm talking about. This is him. So two of these guys. Now, the writer here of this gospel does not like talk about himself. So one of them is John, the writer of this book. Because it says, uh, and we'll see this later on, what they did. So they're staying with Jesus. Verse 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is being interpreted master, where where do you live? Where do you stay? He said unto them, well, come on. You won't come over to my house? Which he didn't have a house. He just had a place to lay down or sit down or whatever. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. So if I want to tell people about Jesus, these two guys, they're ready. It's kind of like they've been coming to church for a little while. They've been... By the way, there's no churches at this time. John was the last of the prophets. He was the last of the prophets. All the prophets, what? Pointed to Jesus. And so he's the last of the prophets. This is the overlapping period of time. Okay? Okay. All the prophets pointed to Jesus and also warned Israel and everybody not to behave the way they were behaving. So, this time period, they said, here's Jesus. They start following Jesus. If you want to learn how to tell people about Jesus, you got to actually hang around Jesus. You actually have to come to church. Some people, I've heard people before over the years tell me, well, I really don't know what's going on at church. And I said it would help if you come <laughs> and i'll uh, just come and uh come to church besides just sunday morning for preaching and you, there's more announcements there's more things happening there's more blessings there's services last sunday night i think it was we had our old-fashioned singing and then uh so they all just you never know what brother michael's gonna do especially on a sunday night we've had church over in the a uh, building over there before it was a library we have church over there in the in a hope room one time we had church on a sunday night everywhere i've moved people around we've had old-fashioned testimony services but you have to come to say what's going on and they went and they hung around jesus and they said hey this guy's pretty sharp he's all right he's the real deal so they're staying with Jesus. Well, what do we do next? You've got to hang around them. If we're not interested in Jesus, in the bulletin it says this, if we're not interested in Jesus, if we're not excited about Jesus, I guarantee you probably won't tell anybody about him. I was picking on Jesse earlier. I said, Jesse, am I a boring preacher or do I need a little bit more excitement? He said, he said I don't know. And uh, Jesse's real talkative. So I was really sucking it out of him. And, uh, but anyway, I was picking on Jesse. But hey, if, we're not, if we don't get excited about something, about a good deal, about this or that, man, I got this. I found a great deal on something. This is the greatest deal ever. If you can't get excited about Jesus, there's nothing worth getting excited about. He's your Savior. And so what do we do next? What do we do? Well, verses 40, one of the two, this is where where I get that. One of the two, the other is John. The other one is Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld
1: him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being in interpretation of stone. So first of all, you find, you find somebody, and then you tell him what you found. So you find somebody, and then you tell him that you... say no
0: and well, some of us say well you know what the way i live my life is i really don't care what people think tell them about jesus well and there you know but a lot of times we don't tell people about jesus because we may be afraid of how they might take it or what if they ask us a question let me give you a big tip it's okay to say I don't know, but he's my savior and he saved me one day and he loves me. And I know that I say, what about the beginning of the world? And what about the end of the world? And what about uh, biology and evolution? And what about this one? I don't know, but I know Jesus and he loved me and he died for me and he's my savior. That's what you're a witness of. And that's all you have to tell people Don't try to lead anybody to get saved. Just tell them about Jesus, and
1: the Lord will do the saving. He will take care of it. He is that good. Did you know God's that good? He can do that. And so a lot of times, you don't even have to say, well, okay, step two, step three. Just tell them what Jesus means to you, to and then it says in verse 42, he brought him to Jesus, which means this. Not only did he tell him, but he brought him to church, so to speak.
0: All right? Some of us,
1: Jesus may come hunting us down. Now, you may be the Jesus, as I've shared this story sometimes before.
0: You may be the, uh, the only Savior somebody ever ever hears, ever sees. Many years ago, a matter of fact, June, the first Sunday in June, second Sunday in June is our homecoming here. 151 years. First Sunday in June, we're headed to a homecoming. I say we, uh, Haley Creek, has agreed to, to head on down south with me to Vidalia. That's not too far south of Winsboro. And uh, we're going to head on down there, have a homecoming. All right? Well, while I was past, or associate pastor, then interim pastor, whenever the pastor left, went on the mission field... I met a young man by the name of Stephen. And Stephen, I was uh, 19 years old, so Stephen was about, he is in high school, so about 17. And uh, so I'm associate pastor, youth director. and uh, And I tell Stephen about Jesus. He's Catholic. He hadn't been to church in years, but he's Catholic. And I tell him about Jesus, and I tell him how I got saved, and he listens intently. That's all I do. Well, I keep inviting him to church. He never will come. Never will come. He called me up in the middle of the night. This is back on a phone that went, <laughs> and uh, so he called me up, and uh, he's and this is t- like two or three in the morning, and he says, "Can I come over?" I said, "Sure." I, man, by the time I get my, he's only a couple of hundred yards down the street there. By the time I get my ups and everything on. He's knocking on the door, the trailer house where I'm staying. And I, number one, sometimes God uses dreams, but if a dream ever disagrees with the Bible, it's not from the Lord. But sometimes God can speak to you through a dream, but it, it's not usually only conviction. But again, if you ever hear anybody say, I had a dream, if it disagrees with the Bible, that dream did not come from God. Okay, so that's a footnote disclaimer. But he had had a dream. He said, and he's telling me this dream, and I'm following him. I mean, I'm swiping the sleep out of my eyes, and I'm listening. I'm trying to focus. And, uh, and he said, Brother Michael, I was in this huge black cavernous room. On the other side of the room was this huge, coiled-up snake. Between me and the huge, coiled-up snake was a big old pit of fire with flames coming out of it. And he said, every time that snake would hiss... It pulled me closer to the flames. And I'm listening. And he said, every time that happened, there was a figure in white that would pass between me and that pit. I'm like, I'm following it. He said, I was almost to the pit of fire. And all of a sudden, I woke up from my dream. And I was so scared. I said, I do not want to die and go to hell. And so I rolled out of my bed. Hit my knees. And I asked Jesus to save me. Well, by that time, I have tears coming down my face. I wrap him up. I'm excited. I tell him I love him. I'm there for him. And anyway, so long I said, well, all right, Stephen, I've got to get up and head to Minden in the morning. I was going to seminary at the time and dating some young lady named Karen. And so I was really looking forward to going to Minden. And so the next day, this is Sunday night, I think, if I have my timing down on my head. Anyway, so he, he stopped on. had wooden steps that led up to the trailer. And he stopped. He turned around. He said, I didn't even tell you. He said, the figure in white, it wasn't Jesus. It was you. And I said, I put it together. And I realized what he said. You see, sometimes Jesus finds us through somebody. You may be the only Bible, the only Jesus that somebody ever runs across. You may be the only one standing between somebody and eternity and hell. Jesus found him. Jesus finds us. He found Philip. He asked Philip in verse 43 He said, Follow me. Sometimes you deal with people who have doubts. In verse 45, Philip said, man, I'm so excited. Philip didn't even put up a fight. He said, he just accepted Jesus. But look what happened in verse 46 when Philip found his friend, Nathaniel. Nathaniel said, well, can there anything good come out of Nazareth? If you look up the history of Nazareth, Nazareth was a town where the Roman soldiers stayed and the Roman soldiers loved prostitutes, and so it became a uh, a pretty rough place. So there was no wonder whenever Nathaniel said, "This fellow's from Nazareth." <laughs> Anything good ever come from Nazareth? Well, there happened to be a family, Mary, Joseph, and they had a son named Jesus. Of course, it's Joseph's, if you will, stepson. Because God, of course, is Jesus' dad. Behold, an Israelite. And he said to Nathanael, Behold, an Israelite, indeed, whom is no guile. He kind of made fun of him. You got anything wrong with you? Nathanael said, Well, how do you know me? He said, Well, before Philip got a hold of you, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. And that's why Nathanael responded, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. It's okay when people doubt you. The results of all this, Jesus answered and said unto him, because I was said unto thee, Saw you under the big tree you think that's something you think that i knew that by chance you're going to see greater things than this if you want to see greater things at promised land if you and you think well god's blessed our church thank the lord if you want to see greater things than this and i'm going to just i've got god's word and i'm going to stand on it this morning If you want to see, and which I always do, but this is this is good. If you want to see God do something, tell somebody about Jesus, and you shall see greater things. If when churches and there's churches all over Ashley County that's dying, they're not getting anybody new in, and the gray hairs are getting grayer, and the wrinkles are getting more wrinkled. Churches die. Because people die. There's no new people coming in. And churches die. Because people stop telling people. About Jesus. You shall. What does it say in God's word? You shall see greater things than these. Because you're following me. And tell people about Jesus. Don't try to win them. Just tell them. Be brave enough to tell them. As we prepare for a hymn of imitation. Father, we bow before you, asking that uh, you would give us the courage to tell people about you. We're about to celebrate a time of the year that we call Easter, and dear Lord, I know it's no surprise to you that a lot of people take that time, even though it's just a, just a made-up date. We don't know the exact date of of Your death and resurrection. But dear Lord, we know that a lot of people don't take it seriously. They don't realize what You've done for them. May we truly live like we love You. In Jesus' name,
1: Amen.